This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jets and Dolphins coming up on Sunday. A rematch down in Miami. Remember the Dolphins won that Black Friday affair at MetLife Stadium. And the Jets trying to make it two in a row. Trying to see if they can piggyback off the heels of their impressive win over the Houston Texans. Our coverage will begin right here at 11 a.m. on 98.7 on Sunday morning. And, of course, the guy who shares the mic with me for the Jets pre- and post-game coverage is number 51, Greg Buttle. Good evening, sir. How are you? This is a perfect night just to just talk a little football for a little while, buddy. That's what we do. That is how we roll. And, look, it's a perfect night because this is the first time we've had an opportunity to have one of these conversations after a Jet win for quite some time. Remember, they went 0 for November, so it's been a while here. Um, Is it just one of those cases where, hey, everything was bound to come together for one afternoon and that's why you got that performance on Sunday? Well, Dan, I I mean, that's a good question, but I would would have to – wait and just see how they play this week because remember their offensive line has been injured and someone's going down for for somewhere over the last four weeks their offensive line has been haphazard and so now it seemed like the end of november they played together for three or four weeks and and the the light bulb goes off because timing is better you you have the cadence of a quarterback i mean there's been two or three quarterbacks in between that time also so now it looks like that same offensive line, although with this makeshift as you, you and I may think it is, that they've played now together sporadically for the last three weeks. And I think that this is the opportunity for them to show that, yes, that Zach Wilson can play that well and can play consistently like that. And I think that, you know, and, and I sat down with Zach today, as a matter of fact, and, and did a one-on-one with him, and we're going to have it in the pregame show coming up on Sunday. And, and one of the things I asked him, because I think that a lot of fans and people all have the question of, well, you played like that on Sunday. You know that it's in there. Where was it all throughout the rest of the season? And I wondered if the players still feel that way themselves. And he said, quite frankly, yeah, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? It's just like anything else is that, uh, you, you know, look, the light bulb goes off. And I'm, and I'm telling you is that sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes you, you sit behind a, a quarterback for three years and you come in and you play and it, the light's on. Sometimes you don't and you have to learn on the spot. And it's so difficult because the NFL is so fast and it requires such decision making that is not what you have done in the past. So. Maybe this has. And, again, like we're going to say, we don't know until we see him do it continually and make make incremental progress week in and week out. And, and we were faced with that, and I think the Jets were faced with that earlier in the season, right, when he played that real, real good game against the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they didn't get the win. But that was probably the best that we had seen him play in the offense play. And granted, they, fin- they, 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 they finished that with three more victories immediately after the Kansas City game. But I don't think the offense as a whole was playing as crisp as it was that night. And I, I agree with exactly what you said. I think that now you have to find a way to string these games together to really make it work out. Well, I, I, you know, making it very simple, he's got four games to prove that he can play and can play consistently week in and week out. If that happens, then the Jets are in a, in a, in a catbird position 
with their backup quarterback, whether they want to keep him or whether they want to trade him or whether they can get uh, something better for him other than what he would go for without playing that well. It really is incumbent upon the offensive line and Zach Wilson to be that consistent. Talking with Greg Buttle, he, of course, with me on the Jets pre- and post-game on here on 98.7 ESPN. Are you out at bumper cars or something tonight? What are you doing? All I hear are no, horns. I'm, and... I'm, at, I'm at Smith and Walensky's having a Christmas dinner <laughs> oh, really? here. And, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And so I couldn't do it inside because it would be crazy, but someone honks their horn as they go by. So other than that, that's where I am. Hey, any chance to see Greg Buttle outside doing a radio interview? I mean, that's honk your horn worthy. So you bring in, are you are you packing already the food for Sunday? Is that what this occasion is for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I couldn't pack food for Sunday. You got to wait till you get there in the studio to find out what the elitist friend of mine wants. I don't know who that guy is. You're gonna have to introduce me one day. Um, back to the game, though. Um, you know, the Miami game a couple of weeks ago. It was 10-6 to with two seconds left in the first half. And then we all know what happened. Tim Boyle threw a Hail Mary to the end zone, which didn't quite make it to the end zone, and Javon Holland took it 90-plus yards for a touchdown, and that was pretty much all she wrote there. So they were in that game that day until disaster struck. Do you think that there's a benefit when you see a team again, let's say twice in a span of three weeks or whatever it was? Uh, I, I don't think there's a, a benefit to to be winning or losing. The only benefit you have is that you recognize uh, the the speed of the other team, what they like to do, and you just got to play better than they, they play. And, I mean, we've had that happen all the time when you play teams in your own division once or twice or three times in a year, that as comfortable as you are with that team and the personnel, it still comes down to, one thing, players make plays, and that's what you have to do. When you look at the defense, and the defense has played head and shoulders above anything that you could ask for, given the offense's production or lack thereof for the better part of this season. You've been on teams where I'm sure that you encountered seasons like this where the offense has struggled. When you do have a game like Sunday where, hey, the defense plays well, the offense plays well, is that a little extra pep in the step for the guys on the defensive side of the ball, even going into the next week that, Hey, maybe we're rounded into form here. Yeah, I, I think it is a mental lift for you because you've been frustrated for so many weeks in a row that defensively you go, all right, they can do it. Uh, so you got to keep plugging away. And as much as a head coach wants to say, listen, you know, you got to keep doing it. 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 It's not like just keep running the ball into the same hole and get no yardage. It's run the ball in the same hole, get no yardage, play action, and make a pass. Make something happen, and that becomes uh, riveting for the defense because you're off the field, you're resting, and you know what? Your offense is going to score points. That's what it's about. Score some points for us. I'll say that, you know, obviously scoring the points, and yes, that's going to be the deciding factor week in and week out. But if you look at this matchup in particular on Sunday, that game on Monday night that the Dolphins played, not only did they lose the game, but it took a toll on them personnel-wise, right? We still don't know about Tyreek Hill. He hasn't practiced yet this week, and even though they had a walkthrough today, he, we'll find out tomorrow for sure how that ankle is going to be. But the Dolphins lost their starting center in that game. He's out for the rest of the season. So 
Jets defensive line has an opportunity to really, I think, impose their will on this game and maybe make life difficult for Tua Tungavailoa and that Dolphins offense. Well, if Tyreek, uh, if his wife says play, he'll be playing, so it doesn't matter. Uh, he, he played pretty well after he got injured anyway. But see that as it may, yes, you're going to have players go down. And it is. It, it, listen, it's incumbent upon the defense to play better than they did last game. They did not play well. That's as poorly as they played in a long time. So th- hopefully this is, this is one of those games where the Jets will be ready and they will be ready offensively and they will do things right. They won't turn the ball over. They won't just throw it up for grabs and they'll play a lot better. And I don't want to bring up any unpleasant memories for you, but I, this probably isn't going to be a well, big why shock. Would you because, do that? Well, because I'm just – I tell it like it is. You know that. But – the Jets can't play. The Jets can't play a game this year without there being rain in the forecast. And surprisingly enough, there is rain in the forecast for this game on Sunday. Not to bring up the mud bowl, but what I mean is, is that the shoe might be on the other foot this time. A slow track might help the Jets because the Dolphins are the team going into this one with the edge in the team speed department. You know, I would I would say that you're right. If it was on, uh, do they have regular turf or? Oh, they have regular grass. Absolutely. Oh, then then you could be right. It 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 it, it first first of all, if it's a light rain, it gives the offense a, an advantage because he knows where he's going. Right. If it's terrible out, then it doesn't matter. It's equal, it's it's an equal footing uh, situation. But you never know with a, a guy like a Tyreek Hill who's got a bum ankle. If the field is a little bit slick, maybe that's going to limit his effectiveness or his ability to maybe even go out there and make those cuts. We shall see. Just I one of the many. On it. I wouldn't yeah, well, bet on that one. One of the many factors, of course, that we'll be discussing on the pregame show coming up on I'd, Sunday. I'd be more worried about Mostert at that point. Well, and, and then Mostert and Wilson and all the other guys that you have to contend with. And Jalen Waddell, they got plenty of them. And that's what Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala have to come up with here before you get to Sunday. I will see you Sunday at 11 a.m., my friend. But thank you for hopping on. And you could go back into Smith and Lewinsky's and tell them we said hi. Thank you, buddy. You have a great night. Bye-bye. All right. There is our pal Greg Buttle having a a nice Thursday dinner and uh, taking an intermission to be able to join us here on the air, which is great to see, I I would think. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll get some phone calls in. We'll have a couple of thoughts on the Thursday nighter. We still got Jordan Renan coming on at 830. Then we got our NFL picks. A lot to do between now and the top of the hour. Grasso Show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Starting tomorrow, Don and me, me and Don, holding down the K-Show. Tomorrow, all of next week, and then we'll step aside and uh, get a little rest for the holiday break and then return in the new year. So Thursday night football just underway here between the Chargers and the Raiders. Both of them are 5-8. and eight. Both of them are going absolutely nowhere. I'll tell you. This game is nothing to write home about, at least on the surface. Next week, the Thursday nighter is Saints-Rams, which isn't exactly an attractive matchup. And then it remains to be seen in a couple of weeks what Jets-Browns is going to be for both of those teams, as a matter of fact. The loser of this one, though, tonight goes into last place, but, you know, so much for the Antonio Pierce hype train. Remember that when he beat the Giants and the Jets, those two games, and everybody wanted to give him the job permanently? Well, they've lost three in a row. They've lost three in a row, including that epic 3-0 disaster last week to the Minnesota Vikings, which set football back about 40 years probably. The coach on the other sideline, Brandon Staley, he'll be gone at the end of the year. And 
Look, I know it's the holiday season. I don't want anybody out of a job, and I never advocate for people to lose their jobs or anything, but, I mean, it's tell like it is, right? You're in the coaching profession. It's a bottom-line business. you got to produce results, and if you ask me, and I've said it, the Chargers should have moved on from him after coughing up a 27-point lead in the playoffs last year, but tonight you got the immortal quarterback matchup of Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick. You say to yourself, what's an Easton Stick? Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch that matchup if it was a Saturday during the college football season, much less a Thursday night on the NFL. But, I mean, no Herbert for the Chargers, no Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Josh Jacobs is out for the Raiders. Remember, the last time these two teams played, Khalil Mack had six sacks for the Chargers against his former team. We'll see how many he gets tonight. But that is your Thursday night. Surprised they didn't flex out of this one. Well, I guess a month ago when they had to make the decision, things were maybe a little bit more optimistic for both of these clubs. Let's say hi to uh, B in Brooklyn up next on 98.7. Hello, B. How are you? B, you there? Going once. Going twice. We're going to have to move on from B. He's gone. He tried. He had an opportunity, but he's a dunzo. Out of there. Not on the program tonight. But really, you know, it is, I think, like we said yesterday, the Giants story right now with Tommy DeVito, it's entertaining. And if you're a Giant fan, first 10 games of the season when they were 2-8, and eight, that was anything but entertaining. It was the complete opposite of entertaining. So now you got some life. Right, You got something that you can at least watch and maybe you want to watch if you're a fan of the New York Giants. And there's nothing wrong with that. I understand that DeVito has his limitations. And he does, you know, he's not a, a supreme thrower of the football, which you would like to have at the quarterback position. But you know what the guy has? The guy's got some moxie. He's got some, some spunk, as they like to say. And he's got this team believing now, unfortunately, what happens at the quarterback position, the longer you watch the NFL, and look, we've seen guys step onto the field and play a couple of good games or maybe two or three good games, and ultimately, like, things level out a little bit. And then you realize, well, that's why that he wasn't a highly touted prospect. Like, it's the same thing that we just all got done here with Josh Dobbs over the last few weeks. When everybody and their mother was calling into me saying the Jets should go out and get Josh Dobbs. That was the guy they should have got. If they got Josh Dobbs, they'd be in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Well, what's happened to Josh Dobbs? He's on the bench again because Josh Dobbs is not that good, right? Eventually, the cream rises to the top. Water levels out. Whatever expression you want to use, that's what happens. And the thing with Tommy DeVito, too, the majority of the plays he's making, a lot of them are he's making with his legs. And that's not exactly something you want with your quarterback because at the end of the day, the quarterback is still going to have to sit back there in the pocket and make some throws. Now, look, he made the big throw when he had to on that final drive, especially the one there to Wandale Robinson. That was a very, very good throw. But that has not been consistently enough in these three games. Now, they're winning them, but you still have to see more production moving forward. That's the only point that I'm trying to make here. But for the short term, I'm all in on the Tommy DeVito hype train for the New York Giants because the Giants are winning games and they're playing an entertaining brand of football, right? And you got four more of these things to go. 
And it wasn't all that long ago where you looked at the Giants and you looked at their schedule and what they still had lined up, and you said, just get me to the end of the season, right? And that's why it was a conversation about tanking and the draft and I don't want to win any games, and they need to go out there and draft their next franchise quarterback. Yeah, I remember those days. I was there. It wasn't that long ago. But now you got some life. You got some hope a little bit. Then maybe you're going to have a couple of good moments between now and the end of the season. You've already had three in a row. And you're going to go down to New Orleans this week and play a very, very beatable Saints team because that's what they are. They're a beatable team. Now you got Philadelphia two out of the last three games. Okay, fine. You're probably not going to win those games, but look at what's happened along the way here. Now the Philadelphia Eagles need those games. Could you could I, I don't even I don't even I don't even want to put it out there in the universe. Don't even want to put it out there. But a Philadelphia Eagles team that now needs those games against the Giants to fend off the Dallas Cowboys and win the NFC East, could you imagine? Like, you think things are crazy now and things are out of control now? Could you imagine if Tommy DeVito beats the Philadelphia Eagles one of these games? Dare I say, on Christmas Day, Tommy DeVito takes those merry band of giants down the New Jersey Turnpike and into Lincoln Financial Field, 4.30 on Christmas Day, singing Jingle Bells, and puts a dent in Philadelphia's division hopes. Oh, he might be a guy that they have to dedicate a holiday to if that were to happen. Between the Italians and, and giant football fans. I, I mean, they, that when that game was over, they would immediately drive to MetLife Stadium and already camp out with a tailgate a week before the next game against the Rams. They would, they'd be having parades if that were to happen. Oh, my gosh. Go beat the Saints first, right? Go beat the Saints before we allow ourselves to get crazy. But you know what? That's what it's all about. It's about having fun. That's what this is. And like I said a couple of minutes ago, the Giants were not having any fun. One fun if you were a Giant. One fun if you were a giant coach, and it certainly wasn't fun if you were a giant fan or anybody that had to actually sit there and watch them play football for the first 10 weeks of the season. Now it's not the case. It's not the case. And with the Jets, hey, you take your best shot coming up on Sunday. Maybe take some of that lightning in a bottle that you got against the Houston Texans and take it with you down to Florida. You never know. Miami's all banged up a little bit. Short week. You know, just like Philadelphia, who essentially was a team that couldn't lose. Even Remember, Philadelphia, they had a couple of those games where it didn't matter how well they played, how imperfect they played. They found ways to win, right? The Chief game was ugly. They found a way to win. The Bills game, ugly. Found a way to win. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. But then they couldn't pull that trick again because San Francisco outclassed them. Dallas outclassed them. And now they're in a little bit of a funk. Whereas on the flip side, you look at the Dolphins. All right, they slipped up the other night against the Tennessee Titans. By no means should they have lost that game. 
When you have a two-touchdown lead with two minutes to play, you should win the game. And Miami couldn't soak it away. So what do they do to respond? Is Miami going to remain in a funk at least for another week and they're not going to be able to snap out of this thing? Are they going to let that loss linger? Maybe. Right? You never know. And the Jets will more than happy be willing to take on an upset victory on Sunday if that's the case. If Miami is going to leave that door open, Jets will beat it down. That's what they're going to do. And the Dolphins, say what you want about them. Every team they've beaten this year, now with the exception of the Denver Broncos, because the Broncos have rallied here and now we're a winning football team in terms of the record, but every other team they've beaten has a losing record. When they've played them, that team has had a losing record. Remember, when the Dolphins beat the Broncos earlier in the season, the Broncos were a mess, and that's why the Dolphins put 70 on the board that day against Sean Payton's team. Now, unfortunately for the Jets, they're also one of those teams because they have a losing record. So generally speaking, these are the games that the Dolphins win, but they couldn't hold a two-touchdown lead against the Tennessee Titans with two minutes still to play in the game. So anything is possible. And from a Jet fan point of view, all eyes are squarely on the quarterback because you want to see what you saw against the Texans again coming up on Sunday afternoon down in Miami. Right? You did it one week, go out there and do it again. That's what good quarterbacks are supposed to do. Now, when we come back, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the Giants. Our buddy Jordan Renan, who covers them for ESPN, and will join us in his weekly spot. Then we'll do our Week 15 NFL picks after that. Grasso Show till 9, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is our good buddy who covers them for ESPN. It is the great Jordan Renan. And before we get into the team, i got to ask you a question. Have you partaken mm-hmm. in any of the Tommy DeVito family tailgates yet before any of these games so far? Absolutely. There's a video somewhere in the ESPN system of me uh, with a chicken cutlet sandwich. No, uh, no plate. Mozzarella hanging out the side. Chicken cutlets all, you know, stuffed in there. I'm be stuffing my face and trying not to get it all over my suit the other night for sure. That exists. It's out there. <laughs> and they and they call what you do work, Jordan. They actually call that work. I know. I know. I I think there was like four, uh, maybe two full chicken cutlets cut in half, four pieces of fresh mozzarella, mozzarella, is, mozzarella, you know, uh, uh, balsamic vinegar hanging out the side, and guess what, Dan? Not a drop on my shirt or no, that's, jacket. See, that's a it pro. Was, it was a professional effort. That's a pro. That's why you are who you yeah. are. I am. And and then they now went I'm out gonna, there. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna take my act to uh, New Orleans. Oh yeah. And not turn oh, down yeah. Trip, you know you and, and and handle myself like a pro down there too. Yeah, it's not like you don't have any shortage of options down in the Big Easy when it comes to cuisine either. So I'm sure you're going to eat well while you're down there as well. Expense those suckers. Um, how about, hey, Giants won a primetime game. They don't usually do that that often, huh? They did. Eight straight Monday nighters they had lost. So, yeah, big win for the Giants. But when you got Tommy DeVito, I guess anything can happen, Dan. You should know that by now, right? DeVito Magic, absolutely. What? Let me ask you a question. It's impossible because there's still four more games to play in the season. And I was just saying a little while ago, it's look, 
I mean, the giant coaches, Dayball and company, they're doing a great job kind of scheming around his deficiencies, which is what coaches are supposed to do. Right now, Mm -hmm. with four more games, can you wager a guess as to where he will be next year? Is he going to be on this team next year in some capacity? He will be on the team because he's cheap and he's under contract, so it makes sense, right? Why wouldn't you bring him back? At the very least, he's a great – I mean, you you know he could play a little bit, so as a third quarterback, you know he's great. I think – He's probably earned an opportunity to at least be the backup right now, right, to compete for the backup slot. And then, hey, you got four games, four more games now to show, you know, hey, maybe, you know, I deserve more. And who knows where it could end up. I mean, that's the thing. is, we Nobody knows. Like, we could sit here and we could pretend. But how did these last four games go? You tell me this, Dan. Mm-hmm. If, he, if they win in New Orleans this week, he doesn't even have to play that well. Just to say they win, he plays okay. Mm-hmm. They get a Christmas game next week, next Monday night. Standalone 425 game. If he somehow would beat the Eagles in that game, oh. the perception of, of Tommy DeVito at that point is just totally changes, doesn't it? I mean, to, if, if he could win in Philadelphia and have the Giants, at that point they're like basically, uh, you know, probably you know, 50% to make the playoffs. The perception and what, he, what he's going to be next year is totally different than what we sit here and talk about right now. If he beats the Eagles on Christmas Day, like that's a day generally reserved for celebrating somebody's birthday, pretty well known. Tommy DeVito's birthday is going to be a national holiday if that's the case. Well, I mean, it's 30 is here in New Jersey. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you guys are in New York right now. You guys are in New Jersey. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy who was born and raised in New Jersey. And, uh, so am I. You know, I, I, this, this, is, this is like the ultimate New Jersey story. Tommy DeVito, uh, nice Italian kid from lo- local, right by the stadium. I mean, it's just really such a perfect story. And, uh, you know, they're playing it up. The family and the agent, they really took it to another level the other night. That was right out of central casting. It really was. Talking with Jordan Renan on 98.7 ESPN. That's well, he agent, might get. by the way. I know people, people have asked. Like, that really is his agent. Yeah. He's that, actually an that... uh, Italian guy who was from Boston who played college football at Marist. Uh, it's been in the aging game for a while. Sean Stellato, and he's doing a good job, and he's taking yep. advantage of every second there. And now he might get some weapons back on Sunday. What is the status of one Darren Waller who's back at practice today, right? Yeah, Darren Waller got activated. Or had his window, sorry, I should say he got activated. He had his window, yes. the 21-day window open to activate him off injury reserve. But the plan right now seems to be to activate him for this weekend and use him like he won't – He he expects to play. I mean, he seems to be trending in that direction, Darren Waller. Uh, now, he won't be used in like a full like 60-snap role, but I think you'll see Darren Waller, Darren Waller in a limited role back in this offense, which is huge because if you think about it, think about the weapons Tommy DeVito's throwing to these days. They're, you know, you, there's probably not many teams, if any, that when Darren Waller's out and with the weapons they have now, like, yeah, Jalen Hines is a decent young player. Like, you, you have hope for the future. But what, their number one receiver is still Darius Slayton? You know, their tight end is Daniel Bellinger. It's like Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins. I mean, it's not exactly uh, a top uh, receiving core that Tommy DeVito or any of the Giants quarterbacks have been working with. So Darren Waller should be a huge, huge boost. But along those lines, it is nice to see Wandale Robinson starting to contribute, and he's coming along here. And look, now maybe starting to see glimpses as to what the Giants saw on him making him a high draft choice, right? I mean, he's playing well. 
Yeah, that was his best game of his career so far, there's no doubt. Uh, you saw some explosiveness. He hit over 20 miles per hour on the GPS, which is a solid number. And you know, you, you know, he tore his knee last year, so sometimes it does take longer to come back from that torn ACL. And I think maybe that's what we saw here. Like, you remember, remember, he was activated at the end of the summer, right? Like, right before the start of the season. So, uh, I think there is some hope that, okay, we're finally seeing it. And also, he's been a victim of the situation, too. They're just, you know, teams, teams, the Giants' offensive line was so bad early in the year. Think about it right now. The four of their five linemen basically weren't playing. Right. You know, for the, you know, when Daniel Jones was playing, that's why when people compare it to Daniel Jones to DeVito, it's really you got to add context. The offensive line was not in anywhere near the shape it is now, and it, look, it's average now. And it was so much worse earlier in the year when Andrew Thomas is out, and Justin Pugh's not even on this roster, and Tyree Phillips who's been playing right tackle is not on this roster, and John Michael Schmidt was out injured. So uh, you, you you take that and you you add the fact that the competition. Think about the competition level also. Like they're, they're, it's not apples and apples. So it's a it's a way different situation that, that uh, Tommy DeVito's in now. A much more favorable one, for sure. Talking Giants with Jordan Renan here on 98.7 ESPN. It goes without saying this defense deserves a lot of credit for this win streak, too. I mean, 12 takeaways in the last three games, and I don't know what kind of insight you have into the relationship, but I guess I'll ask you. Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale, if they aren't seeing eye-to-eye, Jordan, they need to work things out and make sure that the relationship continues next year because, you know what, that side of the ball, they're doing their part to help them win games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, that's the thing here about this whole run. Tommy DeVito's the face of it, but the driving force behind it is the defense. When you create 12 turnovers in three games, Dan, you almost have to win. Like, how can you lose under those circumstances? You, like, you're getting the ball – three times a game, four times a game, depending on which game it was this one game, they got six turnovers, which was the Washington game. But you're getting the ball three times a game, and like two of the three times you're in the opponent's territory. Those are like, should be three points. I think the number is 41 out of 64 points in the three games have come courtesy of turnovers, right? So it's a huge boost. Like, that's why the Giants are winning it. Yes, the, the relationship isn't great, and there is a lot of questions about whether Wing Martindale will be back next season, whether he wants to be back next season. Those questions and are and concerns are real. Uh, but at the same time, Wing Martindale has done a great job, and Brian Dable as well, of not letting it show to the players. Like they, they even even when it happened, the players didn't really know about it. Like they behind the scenes, yes, it's true. They don't get along great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it wasn't something that they were letting the players feel and know. Like, players could see it a little bit now in retrospect when I talk to them, but it's not something that you see on an everyday basis and you feel and it has a negative effect on the team. So maybe they can work it out long term, but that's something I think for after the season. But you're right. It would be totally counterproductive for this team to have to start over defensively and it would be a huge negative and it would be a huge knock on Brian Dable if he lets Link Martindale go because he's done a pretty good job and that's by far their best unit. When did any of this stuff begin to surface? Like was there something bubbling beneath the scenes last year or is this only a byproduct of the slow start and how poorly they played earlier this season when everybody was all out of whack? 
from what I've been told, it kind of existed last year. But at the same time, like when you're winning those kind of things, you know, they don't really bubble to the surface. Right. So it can kind of just, you, you can kind of just like shove it under the rug. But I think it did exist. They're just very, they have two very different approaches to their jobs. Remember, if you even think back to last year's training camp, uh, there was a lot of talk about Brian Dable having to tell Wing Barndale not to blitz. And, you know, it was like, you know, make the offense feel better about it, about themselves. Like that, that was a, that was a thing back in the, you know, training camp of Brian Dable's first year. So I think you could really even go back to all the way there and realize that they, you know, two guys were like, what, you know, on different pages. But you're able to make it work when things go right. When things go wrong, that's when all the trouble comes to the surface. And another guy on that side of the ball, let's be honest, that's really starting to play and has been playing really good football is Bobby Okereke. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, but, you know, some people kind of raised an eyebrow in the offseason when they gave him all that money, but he's proven to be worth every single penny and then some. I mean, how about the stop he made on the two-point try uh, on Monday night? They don't win the game without that play. Nope. Yeah, that, that was a sneaky, humongous play. Dude, he's just a good, solid player. How about this? Four forced fumbles. Two interceptions. The dude is just a turnover machine, and he's he's been all over the field. Obviously, a hundred plus that way over a hundred tackles already. Uh, he's been a stud for them, and obviously, the more he's been in this defense, the more comfortable he gets. And you're seeing that because he's being uh, he's more making a bigger impact. I feel like in the second half of the season, even than he did in the first half, and he was pretty good in the first half. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, the more time he spends in the system, again, another reason, like, you know, starting over and having to get rid of Wing Martindale, uh, if that does turn out to be the case, would just be a big monster negative for this team. Hey, if they, you know, keep winning games the rest of the way, it's going to be very unpopular if they do have to ultimately make a change in that position. But, hey, we shall see. And next four weeks are promising to be interesting and didn't look that way at least three weeks ago. So you might as well keep this train rolling down the tracks. Jordan, great stuff, yeah, my friend. It, enjoy the trip to New Orleans, and I trust that you will eat well while you're down there, and I look forward to a full report next week. You know how it works, Dan. After the holiday season... That's when you need to go on a diet. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're not doing you any mm-hmm. favors putting New Orleans on the schedule right before the holiday, too. No, they're not. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. I'll speak to you soon, Dan. Bye. All right. There's Jordan Renan. Covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll sneak in a couple of phone calls. And also, when we come back, it'll be the Week 15 Grasa NFL picks. You want to stay tuned for that because we are on a heater right now, as the kids like to say. 98.7 ESPN. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, that's right. You know what that means. It is time. For the Grasso Week 15 NFL Picks. That's right, we'll do it tonight because tomorrow we're going to be on TMKS with Don, so we don't have our usual form to be able to do the picks like we do each and every week here on the program. Last week, sublime, 3-0, perfect, unblemished, undefeated. 
We got to keep this baby rolling for the year. We're 21, 16, and 2. So let's keep adding W's to the ledger. Three games that we have on the ledger. And you know what? We've got Saturday football this week. So that is where we are going to start for our Week 15 picks. We will go Saturday. It is the middle game of three. And you got the Steelers. You got the Colts. A couple of teams that are seven and six. And the Steelers, we're trying to figure out what in the heck is wrong with this team. They've lost two games in a row in their building against teams that had two wins when they stepped foot on that field. The Arizona Cardinals followed by the New England Patriots. People are writing them off. I'm hearing stuff out of Pittsburgh that folks in that city want to move on from Mike Tomlin. Guy's never had a losing season in like 20 years as a head coach, and you want to do something like that? Indianapolis, meantime, you know what? All things considered, they've had themselves a pretty decent year. Really and truly. Shane Steichen's done a nice job. Winning games with Gardner Minshew, finding a way. It's not going to be pretty each and every week, right? And they went into Cincinnati last week, and they got outclassed by Jake Browning and a backup quarterback. I get all that stuff. So really this comes down to who do you trust more, a rookie coach or a guy who, as I just reminded you, has never had a losing season on the sidelines as an NFL coach. Give me the latter. Give me the experience. I don't love Mitchell Trubisky, but you know what? What choice do I have? I know that T.J. Watt is going to be closer to 100%. Same thing with our pal, Mr. Highsmith. Give me that Steelers defense more than anything. They will bounce back. I'm getting a point and a half. They'll win it outright in Indianapolis, game number one. Game number two, we're going to go to Cleveland on Sunday afternoon. Bears-Browns. How about the Bears? They've won three out of four, playing some good football. Justin Fields looking the part. Starting to believe a little bit that they're not as big of a train wreck as we thought they were once upon a time. Cleveland with the immortal Joe Flacco steadying the ship for them. My gosh, they've played four quarterbacks already this year, have the Cleveland Browns. Four of them. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But they're finding ways to win games. And oh, by the way, they're really, really good at home. They're 6-1. and one. I think this is a bad spot for the Bears. I think Cool Joe keeps this thing rolling. Browns are a three-point favorite in this game. I think they win it by at least a touchdown because that defense will do enough to stifle the Bears. Give me Cleveland minus three, game number two. Game number three. This should be a fun one. Physical football game. Baltimore. Jacksonville. Sunday night. Two first-place teams in the AFC. Jaguars have not been right the last couple of weeks. Trevor Lawrence is not 100%. Oh, and by the way, did I mention that the Jaguars are not really good at home? They have a losing record on their home field. They're better when they play in Europe than when they play in Duval. But that's their problem, not ours, right? We're going to try to get a win at their expense. Baltimore, on the other hand, they've won three in a row. They needed overtime to beat the Rams last week. That defense travels. The run game travels. And give me Lamar Jackson over a less than 100% Trevor Lawrence any day of the week. Give me the Ravens minus three and a half on the road in Jacksonville Sunday night football. So to recap, Baltimore minus three and a half over Jacksonville, Cleveland minus three over Chicago, and give me Pittsburgh plus one and a half over Indianapolis. Those are the week 15 selections for yours truly, Dan Grasso.
Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight, though. So thanks to Greg Buttle and Jordan Renan for joining us. Thanks to Julian and to Chantel for producing the program. Thanks to everybody that called in tonight, that listened, that tweeted. Remember, rest of this year, it's me and Don, at least for the next six days, starting tomorrow afternoon on TMKS, beginning at 3 o'clock. I will talk to you then, everybody. Gordon and Larry are coming up next. Have yourselves a great rest of the night on 98.7 ESPN.